joy shall be full. We will receive the touch of the master. We come before his presence by faith. By faith. It is only by faith that we can receive all that God has to offer. God understands the language of faith. Our Father and the Lord have been ministering to us about the power of the cross. And our focus this month has been on Jesus. And that is why Jesus has been lifted up in this house. Because when you lift up the name of Jesus, he will draw all men unto himself. Jesus has been our focal point in this month. And so my message this morning will be in line with what the apostles have been ministering. But as Berean Christians, when you receive a message on this holy mountain, when you go home, the Lord will begin to minister to you in different areas. And so my message this morning is titled, The Kingdom of God is Within You. The Kingdom of God is Within You. God's kingdom never comes to an end. God's kingdom is from everlasting to everlasting. We read that every day in our book of Psalm 145. His kingdom never comes to an end. His kingdom rules over every other kingdom. The kingdom of God will swallow up every other kingdom. And that's what apostles have been ministering to us. About all those written codes that God, by his infinite mercy through the blood of his son, have delivered us from. From those written codes. Those written codes have been cancelled because of the blood of Jesus. So we no longer belong to the kingdom of darkness. But we belong to the kingdom of light that shines brighter and brighter each day. We belong to that kingdom that never comes to an end. Hallelujah. So the kingdom of God is within you. That's my message this morning. Kingdom is a country ruled by a king or queen. And we all know that our, the kingdom of God is ruled by God himself. God is the king and we are the little kings with the small letter K. So God is our king. Kingdom is a place of position. It's a place of jurisdiction, like Apostle said. It's a place of power, where powers are decreed. A kingdom, a place of jurisdiction. Where is our country? The Bible says in the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verse 20. It says, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, we transform our lonely bodies, these mortal bodies, the decay bodies, so that they will be like his glorious body. Our final destination is heaven. So we have obtained the citizenship of heaven through the blood of Jesus. For everyone that is saved, thank God for your life. That you no longer belong to this earth. You are just a sojourner. You are on pilgrimage. You are on a journey. But our final destination is in heaven. So we are a citizen of heaven. But for us to go to that heaven, we cannot enter this heaven with this mortal body. 
we have to go into a glorious body, the celestial body, the spiritual body. This body cannot withstand the glory of heaven. So that's why our final destination is heaven. And we are looking forward to get there one day. I pray that every one of us sitting there here will be a partaker of heaven. Amen. The moment we became saved, we change our place, we change our position. And that confirms the book of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. It says, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When you became saved, you left the earthly region into the heavenlies. There was a change of position. There was a kingdom change. You no longer belong to the kingdom of this world, but you belong to the kingdom of heaven. So there was a change. You may say, but I'm still living on planet earth. No. The moment you became saved, the spirit of God began to live in you, was deposited in you. And so you now ascended into the throne of God. And that is where your place is. So the Bible says we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. A similar scripture to that says in the book of Colossians chapter 3. And I read from verse 1. It says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Then set your hearts on things above and not things beneath. Because you belong to the heavenlies, your attention, your mindset, everything about your thought and your faculty does no, don't, do no longer belong to this earthly region. Because you are seated with Christ. And that is why everything that Christ is dictating from heaven, you can understand. Because that is where your position is. Where Christ is, seated at the right side, or the right hand of God, says, set your mind on things above, not on earth beneath, not on earthly things. Because you belong to the kingdom of heaven, your mindset must be set on the heavenlies, not on this earthly region. He said, for you died. Everyone who have confessed Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior died. Some of us know the date that we die. The date that you die was the time that you gave your life to Christ. That same day that you confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I want you to turn to someone next to you and say, you died long time ago. You died long time ago. And say, and your life... The life that you now live now is hidden in Christ. You don't need to repeat that. You died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So when you see yourself, you don't see yourself as an entity. You see yourself as a joint heir with Christ. Christ lives in you. Your life is no longer yours. You are hidden in Christ. And in God. And that comes back to what Apostle has been ministering to us. That every code that Satan has written concerning us has no jurisdiction over us any longer. Why? Because our life is now hidden in Christ in God. We've died long time ago. 
The old me have died long time ago. The old you have died long time ago. But the new you now is now living in Christ. Embedded in Christ. That's the real you. That is the life of Christ in you. So Satan can no longer have any harm over you. He cannot hurt you. Because if he has to do that, he has to go through God, Christ and then in God before he can reach you. So you are hidden in him. You are hidden in him. And he said, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. You read, know the reason why some people will not appear with Christ in glory when Christ appears is because they are not in Christ. But because you are in Christ, the moment Christ appears, you will appear with him in glory. In glory. In the kingdom of God, there is no room for earthly nature. And when we go to the book of that same Colossians, chapter 3, verse 5, it says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. What are the earthly nature? These natures are not found in born again. They are not found in believers in Christ. They are not found in those who are seated in the, in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. They are not found in those whose life is hidden in Christ in God. But they belong to those who are earthly. So I want us to look at ourselves and see if all of these traits are in us. If it is in us, then we have not translated into the heavenlies. That means that our life is not hidden in Christ in God. But thank God that God gives us an opportunity for this moment. We can change that. He said, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. What are the earthly nature? Sexual immorality. Impurity. Lust. Evil desires. Greed. Which is idolatry. And he said, because of this, the wrath of God is coming. The wrath of God is coming. Maybe you are in this church and right now as I've ministered this word to you, you are just saying behind your mind, here we go again. Here we go again. Why is it that every time they keep hammering and about this earthly nature, sexual immorality, it's because God needs you. That's why God is hammering on it. And he has given you an opportunity to hear it again today. So that you will not be caught in the act while Jesus comes. The Bible says the wrath of God is coming. And it will surely come. Verse 7 says you, need, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. Those who, were, who are born again today, they used to live in this life. And that is why born again is an experience. Born again is the greatest miracle of all. Some of us think that opening blind eyes or creating new limbs, new limbs growing, new legs growing, raising from the dead, we think that is the biggest miracle. No. Born again, being born again, having a transplant of hearts, transition of hearts, regeneration of hearts, that is the greatest miracle of all. That is the greatest miracle of all. 
But God is saying that apart from being all this sexual immorality, all this idolatry, there are still some earthly nature that could be found in believers, that could be found in churchgoers, that will not end you into the kingdom. And what are them? Verse 8 said, but now, 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 as long as it's called now, today, right now, you must also rid yourself of such things. What are them? Anger. Anger. Are you here this morning? And your life, if you have anger problem, you've gone to, for anger therapy. It didn't work. Because the only way you can resolve or can get rid of anger is through God. Anger. Rage. Rage. Are you here this morning? Maybe some of you have found it difficult to contain yourself. Some of you can even be angry while you are driving to church this morning. Or it's the normal way of life. That when you are driving someone caught in front of you, you are just angry and furious. And before you know it, certain languages that does not befit the kingdom of God is coming out of your mouth. Rage. Rage. Malice. Is there anyone this morning, you call yourself a believer, but you are finding it difficult to live at peace with men and women around you, believers around you. It's possibility that you are working in a department and you are not friends with someone that is in the same department with you. You are keeping malice and you are a child of God. Such attitude is not found in the kingdom of God. Slander. We all know all these things. Filthy language. Can you imagine a child of God swearing? Child of God. These are not the languages that heaven speaks. From your lips. Do not lie to each other. Are you a liar this morning? Are you a liar this morning? Since you have taken off your old self with his practices. So these are all earthly nature that God wants to read out of our lives. In order for us to gain entrance into his kingdom, all of these traits should not be found in us. But there is a lifestyle of the kingdom. There is a kingdom lifestyle. There is a lifestyle that heaven demonstrates. There is a lifestyle that God can comfortably sit with you and dialogue with you. There is a lifestyle that befits the kingdom. And Colossians chapter 3 verse 12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, for every child of God that have been washed by the blood of the Lamb, You are God's precious people. You are God's chosen people. Holy, dearly loved. What are these lifestyles? It says you should clothe yourself. You know, most of us, we like all these fashion design clothes. But there is a fashion design clothes that the kingdom of God designs. A designer from heaven. I always, sometimes I make this joke with my family. I said there are some fashion designers today that are carnal, even though they are believers, but they are carnal. Why are they carnal? Because the sort of design that they design for their clothing to sell does not befit what a child of God should wear. 
And I always say that, I always tell my family, I say, it must have been something that informed their minds, like Apostle will rightly say. What informed their mind is what they display. So when you go to the shops out there, and what attracts you is something that will expose your nakedness, things that are supposed to be sacred for yourself and to your own family or to your husband, you expose it to the whole world in the name of fashion design. God is saying, as a kingdom person, as a kingdom believer, someone who is destined for the kingdom of God must have this lifestyle. And the Bible says we should clothe ourselves, both men and women, children alike. Clothe yourself with compassion. Jesus moved with compassion. He is a compassionate God. And because our life is hid in Christ in God, we have that personality. We have that nature. We have that attitude of compassion for the lost. We don't blame people for their position. If someone is deprived of their rights, we don't say it serves you rights. Someone is unemployed and could not afford to eat, you don't say it's because he's lazy. No, we move with compassion. Someone is sick, someone is hurting, we move with compassion. Compassion, kindness, these are all the things we should clothe ourselves with. These are all kingdom lifestyle. Kindness, humility, they are not full of pride. They are not full of themselves. If you are full of yourself, then God has no room to use you because you are full already. But when you humble yourself and say, God, I am nothing before you. It is you that make me. It is you that fashion me. It is you that make me who I am today. It is you that will make me what I will be. Because this is not the all of me. And this is not the all of you. There are still yet more graces to manifest in your life as the days go by. And as the years go by. So you cannot get stuck in your present situation or can get stuck in, your, in, your, in the actions that God has embedded into your spirit right now. Because there's still so much for God to reveal through you. So humility is the kingdom's lifestyle. Gentleness and patience. These are all kingdom's lifestyle. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievances against someone, living a life of unforgiveness is not part of the kingdom's lifestyle. Oh, he offended me. We all offended Jesus. But Jesus still died for us. The Bible says, while we are yet sinners, he did not wait until we repent. But some of us said, until he repents, until he comes to me to say, sorry, I'm not going to forgive. Guess who is the one damaging? Guess who is the one damaging themselves? Guess who is the one who is bringing toxins into their soul? Guess who is the one that is poisoning their spirits, poisoning their life, and reducing their lifespan? Because unforgiveness reduces lifespan. Unforgiveness will bring you into coma, it will bring you into sickness that doctors will not be able to diagnose what is happening. So unforgiveness is not the kingdom's lifestyle. So if you are here, you say, I cannot forgive him. I cannot forgive her. No matter what. Or I really want her to come down and beg me. We did not beg Jesus before he died for us. We did not. 
If we, if we have to beg, if Jesus has to wait for us to beg him, we will still be begging him up to now. He will not even go to the cross. So if Jesus can do that, who are you? Who are you? Unforgiveness is not part of the kingdom's lifestyle. And it says, and above, verse 14, and over all this virtue, put on love. Love. Love for God. How do you show that you love God? It's when you love people around you. Because none of us see God, but we can see ourselves. How do you love God? By doing the things that pertain to the kingdom. Giving yourself up for the Lord at all times. You don't have a time. You just make yourself available for God's use. You love God. By doing what pleases Him. Obeying His commands, the Bible said. Do what pleases Him. You don't hurt Jesus. You don't, you don't bring grief to His Spirit. Each time He looks at you, He's rejoicing. Because you please Him at all times. Loving God. Loving God. When someone passes by, when you pass by someone and you know in your heart that you've not, you just snubbed that person, the Spirit of God will be a witness with you that you need to just go back and humble yourself and greet that person. Because you love God, you will obey that command. If you don't love God, you will shun it off. And that becomes an attitude built up in you. Earthly lifestyle, not the kingdom lifestyle. Above all, all this virtue. Put on love. We bind them all together. It binds all the lifestyle together. Love is the greatest of all. Because it costs Jesus his life. Since all... And they would bind us on together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Lifestyle of the kingdom is a life of peace. Peace. Whether you have plenty or you have less or you have none at all, you just have peace. Why? Because Jesus is your peace. You are not relying on your possessions. You are not relying on your status. You are not relying on whether people love you or don't love you. As long as you are in Christ and you are doing his will, you have that peace. One of our deacons was leading us this morning. She was saying, you said, we, we read the book from Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious for anything. When you love God... And when you are a kingdom believer, established and rooted in the kingdom of God, anxiety is not part of your nature. Anxiety is not. You wait for your time. Thank God for all the testimonies that were received on Friday. Some of you might be saying, oh, when will my time come? Your time will come. You don't need to be anxious about that. Your time will come as long as you are rejoicing with those who are testifying right now. And you are not criticizing them. If you are criticizing them, then your testimony is going to take so long. Because God will like to shape your attitude. To sort that your attitude right. So that when you get your attitude right, and you are able to humble yourself, and endure, and have perseverance and patience, then your testimony will come. So, a life of the kingdom is a life free from anxiety. Free from anxiety. Just love God and allow God to move you at his own pace. 
So be thankful. And say, be thankful. And let the message of Christ dwell in you richly. What is the message? What, what message is dwelling in you? What are you full of today? A lot of, a lot of us are full up of all the news that is going on in the, in the country. Thank God, I used to listen to news. But I tell you, the news that will not proclip, propel me to the things of the kingdom, I don't dwell on it. I don't meditate on it. Because my Bible says I should not meditate on that. It says I should meditate on the word. So the Bible says the word of God needs to dwell in you richly. That's part of the lifestyle of the kingdom. So that you are not caught on guard. Everywhere you go, you are ready to proclaim the spiritual, to proclaim the word. You don't need to say, give me five minutes or give me ten minutes. Let me go and study the scripture. Then I will come and respond to you. No, because you are full of the word. I may not know any other thing, but I tell you, I'm comfortable with the word of God. I can be talkative when it comes to the word of God. But when it comes to talking general things, I'm short of words. So the word of God needs to be embedded in your spirit. Why? Because that word you, you are, is, is a word that, that will carry you on to your final destination. The word of God will never pass away. But the CNN news will pass away one day. BBC news, ITV news, they will all pass away. But guess what? The glorious gospel of the word of God will never pass away. Never pass away. It stays the same. And it says, admonish one another with wisdom through Psalms. When we discuss among ourselves, let's not just be gisting about the things that are going on in town. Gist, there are so many gisting in the word of God. There are so many gisting in the Bible school. So many gisting about what happened here on this holy mountain on the overcomers night vigil. So many gisting when you come to prayers from Monday to Friday in this house. From 7.30 to 8.30. People gather in this house to seek the face of the Lord. Different people begin to lead prayers. And from their prayers you are receiving messages from God. What are we talking about? These are the things you gist among yourself. The Bible says in the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 16, it says, they that, they that fear the Lord began to talk to each other. Those who fear the Lord began to t- talk to one another. Not those who are full of the word and full of, of, of the power of, of evil. Or full of the devils. Can't be friends with devils. Devils cannot be your best friend. An unbeliever cannot be your best friend. They can be your friend, but your friend, your friendship to them, you must influence them into the kingdom lifestyle. Because if they become your best friend, best friend, then they will influence you into their own perilous lifestyle. I would rather not have a friend if there is no other friend around, but keep my friendship with Jesus. Because he will do me more good. So that when his coming comes, I will not be catch on our ways. So the Bible says that we should admonish one another in wisdom through Psalms. Kings. That's why it's a privilege to be a member of the choir. And if you are not a member of the choir, why singing is going on, praises is going on, join them. Then your heart be connected. In your home, connect to heaven. And sing to the Lord. Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. If you don't worship, if worship is not your lifestyle at home, you can't be a true worshiper here. 
spend time and worship, sing songs. The Bible says we should sing a new song to the Lord. There are many songs. When you are full of the world, you can compose songs in your quiet time. And hymns and songs from the Spirit. These are all kingdom lifestyles. Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Hallelujah. So what is the kingdom of God? What really is the kingdom of God? Romans chapter 14. Verse 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness. What is in the kingdom? The kingdom of God, righteousness proceed out of the kingdom of God. Not the righteousness as of a filthy rag. Because none of us can be righteous by our good works. You can give to charity. That doesn't make you righteous. You can even donate your liver or kidneys to someone, a stranger. That doesn't make you righteous. So good works, we do not earn our righteousness through good works. Our righteousness is earned by the blood of Jesus. So our righteousness is of God. And the Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness. Righteousness is found in the kingdom of God. Righteousness not in your own sight, but in the sight of God. Peace. Peace is found in the kingdom of God. Absolute peace. The Bible describes it as an unspeakable peace of God. The peace of God that surpasses all human understanding. That even when things are falling apart, they wonder, why are you still keeping your cool? You know, for a child of God, I will advise you, if you are at work and you are being stressful, then you really need to go back to God, who is peace, and get some more of his peace. Because the language of stress is, is something that is unheard for, from a child of God. And I'm telling you, stress. Because the word uses stress like water. Well, I'm stressed. I'm stressed. And guess what? Believers are pick up that language and they are using it. And because they are using it, they are becoming tired all the time. Ah, you need to change your language. As far as the kingdom is concerned, there is no stress. We are peace. And the God did not say quantify that peace. He didn't say you have peace when this measure of work is given to you. When people are not disturbing you. When people are not stepping in your shoe. All this will happen, but yet you will maintain that lifestyle of peace. Our peace is not controlled by antidepressants. It's not controlled by benzodiazepine. My colleague, we know. All the medicals, we know. I can see doctor over there. They will know what I'm talking about. So you, it's not, it should not be controlled by that. You just receive that peace from God. That's what the kingdom was all about. And the Bible says it is also joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We do not need stimulants for that. We don't need anything to keep us high. We just receive that joy. Joy unspeakable. Joy that is beyond this world. Joy that is beyond what we are experiencing. 
joy that is beyond whether we have job or we do not have job. Whether we are married or we are not married. Whether we have children or we do not have children. Joy unspeakable. Hallelujah. That is the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is not just a matter of food and drink. It's not just about doing the normal business. Ah, I love the, the Pharisees. They spoke about the coming of the kingdom of God. And let's quickly go there to the book of Luke chapter 17. <laughs> kingdom of God. Luke chapter 17 and I read from verse 20. Once on being asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God will come, Jesus replied, the kingdom of, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. So they are still looking like, oh, the kingdom of God is like a government. Oh, it's like an institution that will come. No, it's not a matter of observing it. Is it coming today? Is it coming tomorrow? No, it's not a matter of observance. Jesus answered them. You don't observe it. No, when people say, here it is, the kingdom of God is there. Or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. The kingdom of God is within you. And that is where the theme of this message comes from. The kingdom of God is in you. It's not over there. Thank God that we are in the house of God where the truth is proclaimed. We don't have to go to South Africa. Oh, that is where the truth is. Oh, Australia, that's where the truth is. We thank God that we are here in this house where the truth is proclaimed. And that's when Jesus will come. It will not come on, we will not, it will not catch us on our ways because we are prepared. We are ready. We are clothed with the right garments, the kingdom lifestyle. Hallelujah. And he says, then he said to his disciples, he now turned to his disciples, which we are, I'm telling them about the truth. He said, the time is coming when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man. The days of the Son of Man is the days of miracle, the days of his power, the days of his awesomeness displayed. But, he says, but you will not see it. People will tell you, there he is, as false prophets. Here he is, but do not go running off after them. Didn't Apostle always warn us about this? False prophets, in the, in the, because you are desperate, oh, I'm desperate for a child. I've been coming to CFT for so long. My children, my child is, I'm growing old. It looks as if no child is coming forth. Oh, maybe God is over there. I heard my friend said God is over there. And maybe that day that you said God is over there and you went there, that's when the angel of the Lord has timed you to bring your child into Christ with Abanaku. And you just miss destiny right there. It's over there. No, it's not over there. It's within you. The kingdom of God is within you. For the Son of Man in, this, in his days will be like the lightning. Hallelujah. Which flashes and lights up the sky from one end to the other. He's talking about the coming of Jesus. When lightning strikes, 
you know what happened. It brightens the whole place. It comes unannounced. But it brightens the whole place. Everyone will know something happened. That is the coming of the Son of Man. And he says, but first, he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Which Jesus has already suffered, but he's not suffering now. He's glorified. When Jesus will come, he's not coming as that suffering king anymore. He's coming as that sovereign Lord. He's coming as a glorious God. And he says, hmm. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will be the days will be in the days of the Son of Man. People will be eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. So we too we will be shopping around. We will be going to theaters, some of you do, going to movies, going to football matches. Going to watch Joshua's uh, boxing. They did that yesterday, didn't they? Uh, Joshua's whatever. Going to many, many places. Just doing our normal business. That's what happened in the days of Noah. They were just doing their own normal business. Until the flood came as he promised. Which they did not believe him. But only him and his family were saved and the whole world. God knows the statistics of the people that perished in that flood. But the whole world were carried by the flood. So it was in the days of... And said, so it was in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking. See, the same occurrence happened. We don't know how many years span between Noah and Lot. But the same thing happened in the days of, of Lot. People were eating and drinking, buying, selling. Those of you in business, transacting your business, you know, negotiating and all that. You just wake up and go back, go through the normal circles of life. Dropping children, doing you know, school run and all that. Planting and building. But in the day... Lot left Sodom. Fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. He said, it will be just like this on the day the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, no one who is on the housetop with possessions. So on the day that Jesus will come, you can't go back into the house and say, let me go and pick up all my certificates. Let me go and pick up all my contracts that is signed, that is yet to be tendered. No, 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 no. He said, don't bother coming down. Possession is I should go down to get them. Likewise, no one in the field should go back for anything. Remember Lord's wife. Whoever tries to keep their life will lose it. All this life that we are packaging together. Oh, I really want to enjoy my life. I don't have time for God. You're trying to package that life. The Bible says, whoever tries to keep this life will lose it. And whoever loses their life will preserve it. Some are losing their life. They count their life as nothing before God. Their life is not theirs. 
for God. And they want to use their life to please God at all times, at their own expense. So, God says there, in the scripture says there, whoever tries to keep their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life will preserve it. I tell you, on that night, two people will be on, in one bed. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding grain together. One will be taken and the other left. This is talking about rapture. If you are not conscious of this, I really want us to wake up and be conscious. Wake up and be conscious. Every day I'm conscious. I'm conscious every day. Every time if I wake up and I see nobody, I see my husband not on the bed. Go downstairs, nobody, and he look. I say, God, and I will look at the. I will open the news. Nothing. I said. Then there was a time I actually called my husband. Where are you? Ah, you are here. Oh, thank God. I didn't even tell him what happened. I didn't tell him the motive behind the phone call. It's not wasn't an ordinary phone call, you know. And I, I said, God, for me to be thinking this way, Lord, I rededicate. How many times have I rededicated my life to Christ? Ah. is something that we need to take seriously because it's bound to happen I remember one time also that my son just came back from work and the whole house is like scattered and he was looking around and all of a sudden there was siren going everywhere so he put one or two together within a a space of two minutes there had been sirens everywhere both ambulance are in and police are in and it's like he was afraid so all of a sudden maybe one of us appeared he said thank god thank god he thought the rapture has taken place so what we are saying if you are kingdom if the kingdom of god is within you you need to be kingdom minded you need to be ready at any time and that will caution your relationship with god that will caution your relationship with god so let's go to a person who died, who died to self. I love this man called Apostle Paul, who really was a kingdom-minded person, a kingdom-minded believer. His life is, was not his own, even though he categorized himself as a least among the apostles. But his life was not his own. In the book of Philippians chapter 3, from verse 2. He said, watch out for those dogs, those evil dogs, or evil doers, sorry. Those evil doers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are in the circumcision. So he's not talking about all those Pharisees and Sadducees who because of circumcision, they want to brag that they are the one who is righteous. They are the one that is God loves. For he now tells you, he said, we who serve God. He said, for it is we who are the circumcision. We who serve God by his spirit. So circumcision, you don't glory in the circumcision of the flesh. But you glory in the circumcision of the spirit. Because God circumcised our hearts. And that's what matters. Whether you circumcise your flesh or you don't circumcise your flesh, that is, it has no relevance. But it will be relevant for you to circumcise your flesh. You know what I mean for those of us who are men. For biological reasons, it is hygienic. 
and it is also good. It's healthy. But that will not end your position in heaven. What end your position in heaven is circumcision of your heart. And that's what Paul was talking about here. So we are the true circumcision. We are the one who, who are, who's really served God because our hearts have been circumcised. Who boast in Christ Jesus and who have no confidence in the flesh. So for kingdom minded believer, you have no confidence in your flesh. Whatever your flesh gives to you, whether it gains you position in life, high position in life, that should not bring glory to you. It's irrelevant as far as God is concerned. Though I myself have reason for such confidence. So even Paul, who is trying to defend himself, if he wants to boast in the flesh, he has every reason. He's so much qualified to boast in the flesh. But he put that aside. I'm talking about someone who was kingdom-minded and who had no confidence in the flesh or the achievement of the flesh. And he began to tell us what he was. He said, though I myself have reason for such confidence, if someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day. Some of us did not circumcise on the eighth day. Some of, some of the men do not circumcise on the eighth day. Some circumcise even when they were in their 40s. Mm. And some did not circumcise at all. But he did it because this was the law. You need to be circumcised on the eighth day. So he was following the law. So he was. Of the people of Israel. Of the tribe of Benjamin. So he was the Hebrew of all Hebrew. He was the, he was the true Israelite of God. Some of us are not originally, original Jews. We are spiritual Jews. We earn it through the blood of Jesus. But there are some people who are really Jews. And they are, they are chosen of God. So he was one of them. He was a real Jew. So he has all this to boast in the flesh that I'm a real Jew and I circumcised on the eighth day. Saying, regard of the law, a Pharisee. So this man was not, he wasn't um, a, a, a novice. He's learned, intelligent, a lawyer. A lawyer of his time. I don't know what we can equivalent, you know, how we can relate it in our present generation. But he was a lawyer to the core. He knows it back and forth. So he wasn't cracking. Very, very intelligent man. So he was a Pharisee. And as for zeal, persecuting the church. So you can see, he was so zealous for God that he carried out the instruction given to him. So it is our prayer for all these ISIS. They are radicals. They are carrying their order. They are zealous. And just as Paul was zealous for the things of the flesh, when he now became a Christian, he was zealous for God. He forgot all his earthly inheritance. And everything that he has acquired earthly, he forget it. He laid down. He laid them down. That these are irrelevant as far as Christ is concerned. So it was. That we need to pray for the ISIS rather than us telling, okay, sword for the sword. No, we pray for them that God will open their eyes as He opened the eyes of Paul, 
and he became an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. That God, all these terrorists that is going on, because they lack understanding, that you open their eyes so that they will know their true identity of, in Christ. God put the zeal in them to do good, to do God, not to do evil. So we need to pray for them as well. So, and as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. So he was a man that read the Torah, read the law, and he did not violate any. But all of this, what did he say? He said, but whatever were gained to me, and now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worthy worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage or rubbish, so that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is true faith in Jesus. The righteousness that comes from the God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His suffering, becoming like Him in His death. So what was his aim and what was his goal? His goal is to know Jesus. He was so much radical for Jesus that he lost everything. And everything that matters to him in the past did not matter to me any longer. So it is you. When you are born into the kingdom of God, nothing matters. Nothing matters. Nothing matters. What matters is him. What matters is you knowing Christ. And the power of his resurrection. When you know Christ, when the knowledge of Christ is in you, Apostle said last week, you will be successful. The knowledge of Christ is success. The knowledge of Christ is not you being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. The knowledge of Christ is not for you to say, God is over there, I go over there. You know that God is here and you know God for yourself. The knowledge of God will not allow the enemy to mesmerize your brain and be telling you that is the cause of your forefathers that is haunting after you. You will know that you have been redeemed from the cause of the law because of the knowledge of Christ. So where are you seated this morning? Seated at the right side of the Father in heaven. The kingdom of God is the mindset of a believer. Once you get your mindset right, you will get everything right. The mindset of a believer is different from this earthly regime. So the mindset of a believer will define you. It will define who you are. And it will define your action. And when it defines your action, your action will either please God or it will not. But it's my prayer this morning that we will own on or unto the wisdom and the knowledge of God that God has deposited in us because we live in his kingdom. The kingdom of God is within you. And your lifestyle of the kingdom is what God will see that will bring glory and bring rest to your life and will bring glory and rest to the people around you. Shall we lift, let's stand on our feet this morning. Hallelujah. You have not come to this house by chance. You have come here because of the ordination of God 
And you have come here because God, you matter to God. You've come here because God has a special plan for you. You have come here because the power of God wants to hit you this morning. You've come here because God wants to translate you from one domain to another domain. This life is not going to continue forever. I have an announcement to make. It's not going to continue forever. One day, the scripture says, the Bible says that Jesus coming will be like a lightning that will go from one end to the heavens to the other. And the soul shall be the coming of the Son of Man. But when he does found you, will he find you in his kingdom? Will he find the kingdom of God in you? With all eyes closed and all head bowed. I want to challenge us this morning. Maybe in the past, you have been kingdom minded. But because of situations in your life or associations with friends, your mindset has now deviated from the kingdom into this earthly region. And here today, God has orchestrated your path to come to the house of God this morning. Because he wants to redirect your focus back to him. I want us to bow our head this morning. And I want you, if you know today, you have not even known Jesus. You don't even know what I'm talking about. Or it's sounding strange in your ears. And you want to rededicate your life. Maybe you have given your life to Christ. Or you have not given your life to Christ at any time. And you want to give your life to Christ today. Today is the acceptable day of salvation. For those of you who have already done so, I will expect you to be praying. Because I told you earlier on, the greatest miracle is not a miracle of sight opening, blind eyes see, the dead are raised. The greatest miracle of all is when someone comes to the saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because Jesus comes at any time. When we walk out of that door, something could happen. Some who are not sick could all of a sudden, God forbid... Something bad could happen. I pray nothing bad will happen. But you, we need to secure our salvation. I want you to raise up your hand this morning. If you want to give your life to Christ, if you want to rededicate your life to Christ, we will pray for you this morning and there will be restoration for your life. Is there anyone who wants to give their life to Christ this morning? Anyone in the building that wants to give their life to Christ this morning? Raise up your hand sky high. But people will see you so that angels will recognize you this morning. The power of God is already here. The glory of God is manifested in this place. Maybe you brought someone to the house this morning and you know that they are not saved. I, I can see their hands, but I want you to raise the sky high. Well, don't be ashamed because if you are ashamed, then angels will be ashamed <coughs> of you on the day of judgment. I want you to raise it up. I can see those two hands. Thank you. Any more want to join them? Today is the acceptable day of salvation. The Bible says in the day of salvation, I will help you. In the day of salvation, I will help you. God is your helper. Hallelujah. I can only see those two. So those of you who are two, can you come forward? Come forward this morning. We're going to pray for you. The saints should continue to pray. We'll wait for you. Hallelujah.
heaven rejoice when the same when when a child of god comes to the knowledge of the truth when they dedicate their heart to the lord heaven rejoice hallelujah we praise you jesus father we bless your name i want you to repeat this after me say lord i come to you today let's help them every one of us lord i come to you today forgive me of all my sins i believe in my heart jesus that you died for my sin and that god raised you up from the dead i confess with my mouth jesus you are my lord and savior into my heart today Lord and fill me with your Holy Spirit thank you for saving me thank you for reconciling me back to yourself thank you that you are Lord over my life Father God I want to thank you Lord God for this soul that is before you thank you Lord because heaven rejoice when a saint to God, Father, when a sinner comes to the knowledge of the truth and they change from being a sinner to a saint of God. Thank you because their name is written in the Lamb Book of Life. Thank you, Father, for filling them up with the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, because the journey, Lord God, Father, that they are embarking on, even for those who are rededicating their life to you. Thank you because it is no U-turn. Thank you, Father, because they will journey with you and, Lord, you will strengthen them even as they continue, Lord God, to serve you all through eternity. Father, we pray that you will strengthen their minds. Father God, we pray that you will give them a heart that thirsts after you. As they begin to read your word, Father, let the word of God guide them to all truth. Let the word of God lead them to all truth. Father, empower their mind, O oh God, to take hold of the Lord Jesus. Father, we pray that Lord, they will bow to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will lead and guide them. The Holy Spirit will influence their life into every decision they will make. In the name of Jesus. Father, we pray, Lord God, that the gifting that you are placed in them, that is yet to manifest. Father, as the Holy Spirit has breathed upon them this morning, let the gift begin to function through them in the name of Jesus. Let them use this gift, O God, to win many to the knowledge of Christ. Let them use this gift, O God, Father, to be a blessing to the kingdom of God in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father God, we cover them with the blood of Jesus and we hand them over to you, the Master Jesus, that you will continue to walk over, over them. You begin to walk over their minds. You will be God, begin to be their friend in the name of Jesus. Lord, they will not fall from their secure position in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we pray that you will give them, O oh God, a friend, O oh God, that will motivate and carry them up in the way of the Lord in the name of the Lord Jesus. Keep them away, Lord God, from destiny killers. Kill them away, keep them away, Lord God, from those who destroy lifestyle. Lord, let their lifestyle be the lifestyle of the kingdom. Father, build them up in their most holy faith, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you because it is done. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Amen. Can you follow? <laughs> Hallelujah. Now to ourselves. I want us to pray this prayer before I leave the altar. The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, it says, Seek ye for the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things will be added unto him. We are going to pray this morning for ourselves that God establish me fully in your kingdom. 
Establish me fully in your kingdom and make me a kingdom-minded believer in Jesus' name. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. My Father, my God, we thank you. Thank you, my Father, my God, because your word says that what matters in our life is the kingdom of God. You said we should seek this kingdom and his righteousness because in the kingdom of God there is righteousness. So, Father, you want us to seek the kingdom and you want us to seek your righteousness. And you said all other things, oh God, I will chase, oh God, Father, after. We'll run after us. We'll be added unto us. We'll pursue us. We'll overtake us. My God, I pray in the name of Jesus that, Lord, you will make us, oh God, to be established in your righteousness. Establish us in your kingdom, my Father. Help us to become unmovable in your kingdom. Help us, oh God, to be unmovable in your kingdom. Help us to remain steadfast in your kingdom. Help us to remain grounded in your kingdom. Help us to remain established in your kingdom. Let the kingdom of God and build us up, my Father. Establish us, oh God, in your kingdom, my God. Enable us to be kingdom minded, not carnally minded, not need minded, not worldly minded, not ungodly minded. Enable us to be kingdom minded in the name of Jesus. Father, enable our heart to be consumed with the love of the kingdom. Enable our heart to be consumed with the love of the kingdom in the name of Jesus. Let the kingdom of God be established in our hearts. Lord, you said the kingdom of God is within us. Wherever we go, let us carry the kingdom. Let people see the kingdom of God through us, Lord God. As we go in our place of work, as we go to our school, as we go on our businesses, Father, let the kingdom of God be reflected in all our dealings. In the name of the Lord Jesus, let your kingdom, O God, attract many to the kingdom of light. Let the kingdom of light, O God, Father God, chase away every other kingdom, O God, that represent darkness around us. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, my Father, we bless your name. We'll give you all the glory and praise. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Father, we want to thank you because the Bible says in the book of Revelation chapter 1 verse 6, you said that we have become a kingdom and priests unto our God to serve God. So Father God, we pray. As we go, Lord God, we go with this kingdom mentality. We ask that God will serve you all the days of our life. Nothing, oh God, will hinder our service towards you. We pray that we take joy, Lord God, Father, in making ourselves available for the use of God. That will be a vessel that you can walk through. Empower us, oh God. Help us not to set our mind on the things that are earthly. Help us to set our mind on the heavenly things. Father God, the things that grow dim in our eyes, Father, let them begin to fade away. In the name of the Lord Jesus, let your kingdom rule over all in our life. Father, as we go in the course of this week, we ask, oh God, that the glory of the kingdom will overshadow us. The power of the kingdom will overshadow us. The dominion of the kingdom will overshadow us. The grace of the kingdom will overshadow us. The goodness of the kingdom will overshadow us. The healing of the kingdom will overshadow us. I decree, my Father, my God, that anything that contends with the kingdom of God in our life, let them begin to give way in the name of Jesus. Every sickness that your children are carrying, I command them to begin to dissolve under the kingdom of God. I decree, Lord God, that blind eyes be open. Ears, oh God, be open. Deaf ears, oh God, be open. Lame begin to walk in the name of Jesus. I declare that kidneys be healed in the name of Jesus. Livers be healed in Jesus' name. Pancreas be healed in Jesus' name. Spleen be healed in Jesus' name. Lungs be healed in Jesus' name. Hearts be healed in Jesus' name. Every chronic headache will cause them to fizzle out in the name of Jesus. Father, we declare that every pain, the Bible says you have nailed all our pains on the cross of Calvary. And because our pains have been nailed there, we have no power. Pain have no power. 
demons of hell no have no power, agony have no power, slavery have no power, depression have no power, barrenness have no power, Father God, unfruitfulness have no power, depression have no power over us. So Father, we claim our victory from the cross of Calvary. We declare that we begin to walk as the kingdom of God, because we are kingdom and priests unto our God. Father, we bless your name for tonight. Thank you, Father, for this morning. Thank you, Father, for the liberty at which Christ has set us free. We walk in that glorious liberty this week in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for in Jesus' mighty name we are praying with thanksgiving. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated, please.